This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club And here we are. I'm in the other phone booth. Yeah, you're in the other phone booth. It looks I walked very into the co working space today and yeah. opened up my phone booth that I had booked. Mm-hmm. And there was a man sitting there. And you were too timid to say, um, sir. You know what I did? What? I said, oh, gosh, sorry. And closed the door. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And moved three feet to my left and went into the other phone booth. That'll teach him. He'll never walk into someone's booked phone booth again after the drubbing you gave him. Right. And that's why it's worth doing, people. You know, it's not just for you. It's for all the other people who he might steal their phone booths in future. He's never going to do that again. I'm not going to call myself a hero. Okay. If you want to and and you want to riddle babies, mm-hmm. that's fine. I think what I did was certainly heroic. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Politely. You, you confronted a great evil. You right? stood up. You stood up to him. And you said, yeah. sir, I'm sorry. Not like that. You said, hmm. no, I'm sorry. Sorry. And then you quietly closed the door so as not to bother him anymore. Right. Did he say anything? No. Yeah. Didn't even look around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even sure. You're, like, I think probably had headphones in. I'm not even sure he even noticed. Okay. You know? There goes my hero. So, and then, so you are saying that I'm a hero for that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's, you know what? That's on, that's not up to me. No. I can't give myself that title and I no. can't deny it when others give it to me. No. And you deserve but it. But I can live every day, live every moment. Yeah. Owning that, yeah, and being that for you, Jack. Thank and you for you, Riddle Babies. Yeah, am I a hero? I don't know. Yes, I do. I do think so, and I think it's confirmed. But I'm being told I am. So I would love to introduce our podcast. Unless you have anything you'd like to say about your child before we start. Um, he went to the pediatrician today. We uh-huh. got the room with a poster of baby Troy Aikman with his arm around baby Emmett. Smith? What? Why the fuck is this fucking Cowboys propaganda? It's a New York pediatrician. Every room has a different watercolor painting of two athletes as babies sort of like chumming it up. Okay. Most of them are basketball. So there's a, there's another room we go into that has baby Michael Jordan sort of chumming it up with baby Scottie Pippen. That's fine. Well, that's the Chicago Bulls. Why are you mad about the Dallas Cowboys? Why am I Chicago more mad Bulls? about the Dallas Cowboys than I am about the Chicago Bulls? Do you even yeah. fucking know who I am? But you live in Texas. Forget it. Seems it. like you would be a forget it Cowboys fan. Okay, yeah, you, I'm a Cowboys right? fan. Yeah, that's who I am. I'm glad you, you know you know me really well. We're an Oilers fan, but okay, <laughs> yeah, there we go. And you know football. <laughs> um, and what did he like it? Um, no, he got five shots. Okay, that's nothing at that age. Like they don't even know the horror. He was pissed about it, and he's continues to be pissed about it this afternoon. Oh, because Jamie so keeps hard. texting me to be like, he's very fussy, and it's mm. like, yeah, oh, he got five shots. His body is coursing with yeah tetanus and polio right now. It only gets worse, man, because they get yeah. more and more sentient about what you're about to do to them. Yeah, but he's good. I've been collecting stickers for him. There's like okay. a little sticker bucket that you can take a sticker from on your okay. way out of the pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just going to grab a sticker for him every time, and then when he comes of age, you can be like, "Here are all these I will free stickers." Give this little sticker trust fund to him. That's cool. Be like these are all the stickers I've collected for you. My grandmother kept the newspaper 
uh, for my dad's birthday from every day, um, every birthday that he had from the day that he was born until he was 18 in order to give him those as a gift. Yeah. And then in this very British way that it's just tough to understand unless you're British, decided it was stupid and threw them all away without telling him. (laughs) (laughs) At what age? How many years did she do that She had 18 years of his birthday, like the front page of like the And then like right before his 18th birthday, he's like... Then she was like, oh, here they are. I guess the plan was that I would give them to him now. And in thinking about it, I now think it's stupid. So I'm going to throw them away without telling him and then tell him five years later that I did that. I am on NewYorkTimes.com right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, January 19. Please do bleep that. Mm-hmm. Front page. It really wants me to log in. Here we go. I think I found mine. Oh, no. This is just in. I want the January 24th. My one says U.S. in newsstand advises Shah to leave Iran for good of country. Which is very relatable and and brings me back to my first days of life. Right. Oh, and AT&T tells court breakup plan could hurt service and raise fees. Yes, of course. Remember the 70s, man. Um, what about if we introduce uh, this show and and if I do it? Would you Wait, like that? I still need to find mine. Okay. It's important. It's, I just can't. What if it's a really great headline? And right? what if it's not? Well... If it's not, then that is something we will have learned together. Oh, God. I'll find yours. And what And what do you think we're going to get out of this? I don't know. Okay. And then we're allowed to talk about something else, right? I don't know. After we're done? After I find it? I don't know, Jack. <laughs> well, you think we might ha- have to talk about this? Because I'm only doing this January what? 29th? 24th. God. I don't know I your fucking birthday. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Mies nominated to succeed Smith at Justice Department. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Mies, Tanner. Mies. He says he's grateful to the president. And that's Reagan? <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the Star Tribune. So this is the Star Tribune from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I was born in Minnesota, so this is p- perfect. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Reagan picks Mies. Okay. <laughs> So Mies was kind of the thing that day, huh? <laughs> I think so. I I like the idea of like your mom and dad like in the hospital and your mom is like, our little baby boy is born. And your dad is like, shut up, shut up. I think Mies is in. <laughs> <laughs> My dad is like a stoner from small town yeah. Minnesota. There's- Don, it's Mies. It's Mies. I'm telling you. <laughs> Have you seen We this? have to change his name immediately. <laughs> Meese, his name is Meese Rosno. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that wasn't as eventful as I wanted it to be. Can I please introduce the show, please? Hi, yes. <laughs> hi. Hi, uh, 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 and why, why? And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Mystery. Club. Club. I'm Jack little, Shepard. Little shadow monster on that one. Did you hear it? I did, and that's graveliness. Yes, yeah. you're really yeah. trying to make up for it because my child said "why why" in a viral video that I posted to our Facebook page, and it gave you a complex. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. You didn't see it because I saw you post. I'm not really response, on Facebook, and I so. counted that yours, the video of your son in the responses, got less than half as many likes as. Uh, not really on Facebook, okay. and I didn't see it. Okay, so well. It was hacked. <laughs> I am Jack 
Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And this is a club that is also a podcast where we talk about the great mysteries by the great mystery herself and Mystery Martin. And the great mystery that we're going to be discussing today is a great mystery called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 22, Stacy and the Haunted Masquerade. Mm. And it was <laughs> fucking great. Very good book. Very good. So good that like a third of the way into it, I was like, this book has everything. It's good mystery. Yeah. It's gripping. It's got burns. Yeah. This is maybe not Ellen. So I flipped to the back yeah. and it was Ellen. It was Ellen. Yeah. And that's not to be a slight on Ellen. I think Ellen no. is a great, great She's writer. She's a workman. One of the greatest writers in the history of American literature, but she's not totally well-rounded. She has her strengths. She has her weaknesses. Her weaknesses are usually she doesn't do burns. She doesn't do jokes quite as much. Right. Um, she's an incredible storyteller. She weaves these arcs that are wheels within wheels of her plot. The A plot and the B plot always match up in this fascinating way, uh, but she doesn't do burns. Uh, but this week she fucking did. Um, and this one has everything, and it's also the scariest book that I've ever read, and it's the scariest thing that I've ever seen. Okay. Book. Don't you think? You've read a lot of books. Yeah, a lot. And you think this is the scariest one you've ever read? Yeah, this is one Fright Night I'll never forget. <laughs> okay, and that's – so do you want me to call – Well, I don't – I think that that's actually – if I'm not wrong, I think that that's something that Hodges wrote on the cover of a different Babysitter's Club mystery. Okay. <laughs> and for some reason, it stuck in my head, is this is one Fright Night. <laughs> okay. Uh, on this, this one, was... what Hodges wrote on the cover, and I guess, let's go ahead and call Karison. Karis. Karis. Play the mystery song. The mystery one this time. Will you do the mystery song this time? The gothic one we made? Thank you. you. What? Is she doing it? Yeah. You're okay. a, you are a treasure to us, Karis. Did you, what did Karis say when you uh, went into the room you'd booked and the guy was- Switched there? rooms? Yeah. I kind of made very brief eye contact with her. Okay. She was in there with him. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> she was just waiting there with a harp. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's really nice. There goes my hero. Anyway, Karis, take it away. Can you hear them knocking, knocking? Girls who keep the cradle rocking Show their fear and pain and wonder As their world is torn asunder can you hear them buzzing, crying? Can you feel their bonds untying? Try to free them from their prose. Show them to us now. Swallow. And I said, uh, uh, swallow me down. Uh, uh, and that's that, that, that loving sound. sound. Okay, this Thank is you, Karis. a segment where we talk about the amazing covers of these novels by Babysitter's Club art director Hodges Swallow. And, this and not even just the art, it, but also the captions that he's And the captions and what he's His written Enigmatic, indecipherable yeah. captions. Oh, and this scared me. This this scared, scared me immediately. Yeah. It says, who's trying to turn Mischief Night into a horror show? That's right. horrifying. Elizabeth Mis Connors, it turns out. Mischief Night is already scary. So what Hodges gave us this week is one of his patented um, Hodges Swallow horrorscapes. Yeah. Everyone in the background what, is a ghost. What he gives us this week is a sea of twisted, abnormal, 
blank-eyed faces, mm. and behind them, a universe of fire. Yes. No, we that's inhabit what a planet. Yeah. We inhabit a planet that is Elizabeth Connors and Mr. Um, I always write down the Rothman. Names. Yeah, and Mike Rothman in dressed the foreground, as a, dressed as a football Stacey player. Stacy and Marianne behind them, and then the sea of tortured faces, and behind them the plane of, of fire behind the plane them. of fire. And I, 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 I imagine that by this point, because this is a later book in the series, it already has Abby in it, which we'll probably get to. So it's very late at this point. The Scholastic lawyers have stopped telling Hodges or begging Hodges to not include the plane of fire. And so he just, he just was given free reign to draw the whole thing. And look at he these. Always, the first draft he always sends mm. to Scholastic, the background is always the fire plane. Yeah. And every time they're always just like, can you paint over the fire and just do like the mall? Like the sea of faces twisted in horror is fine. There's but, one face. There's two faces in particular that stick out yeah. to me. Right over Marianne's left shoulder. Yep. Audience right shoulder. Yes. Are, are two young men. Mm-hmm. One appears to be wearing a crown, yes. and he's his face is, is kind of locked in a scream. Yeah, I think that's the Prince of Lies. Okay, and then the boy next to him seems to have a bowl cut. Yeah, and then if you, on, on that same trajectory, if you cheat towards the left shoulder of Mike Rothman... There's a there's a person who's just whose entire mouth is just an open scream. Right. And then the coolest and most interesting person, and I assume this is the gray man who is a recurring character, is right behind the cape. Elizabeth Con- Connors. Liz Connors is. Do a, you mean the guy in the shades? Is a is a G man. Yeah, the G man. <laughs> yeah. Like a Terminator. Yeah, he looks like a Terminator. <laughs> and it, maybe it's a T. Maybe Hodges was just having some fun. And was like, right. can I put the T 1000 in this? <laughs> uh, sorry, T 100, probably, right? T 100. T 1000, yeah. I believe, was the. Um, I mean, any liquid, of these people could be the T 1000, right? Uh, sure. It could be Or Rothman. vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so we can't know. Uh, and Rothman is painted in the moment that he realizes. He realizes the horror. He realizes what's happened, which is the scariest thing that's ever happened in these books. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, genuinely then, scary. Yeah, genuinely scary. And we are going to get to it uh, pretty soon. And Hodges has said, who's trying to turn Mischief Night into a horror show? The answer is Liz Claiborne. And, Liz Connors. Yes. And Liz Claiborne is a oh. famous shirt, right? Liz Claiborne, I think, is maybe a makeup thing. Makeup thing. Okay. I thought it was a famous shirt. Here's something to consider. Yeah. T100, mm. Liz Connors. Sarah Connor. Very close to Sarah Connor. Very close. Yeah. Okay. And that's definitely something that Hodges wants to draw our attention to. Right. Okay. What I'd love to do now is to describe this book and for you to do it and then for me to do it and then for us to review the book. Okay. I, um, I penned my description this week. I hope that's okay. Yeah. No, that's nice because I think we've been having trouble with, we, you know, uh, we're busy men, and I think sometimes things that we have read maybe inadvertently seep in, seep in as we're extemporaneously trying to describe the book. Right. Um, and so it's useful that you've actually written it down because then it's you know you've had time to check it, make sure that it's not copied from somewhere. I just like to be super sure. Thought. I ran it through one of those like paper checkers that professors use. Smart. And I think this is all original thoughts that I came up with and wrote down based, based on what I read in these books. And you know what? That's my favorite, honestly, because I'm here to hear what you think. Can I? May I start? Please. Okay. 
to the A plot. Elizabeth Connors is a shy outsider who has trouble connecting with her peers at Stony Brook Middle School. She is relentlessly teased by her classmates and abused by her single mother in the small home they share together. Then one day, Elizabeth's luck seems to change when she's invited to the Mischief Night Masquerade Ball by one of the star players of the football team, the handsome and popular Michael Rothman. The other students use the opportunity to land their most devastating blow to Elizabeth Connors to date and rig the masquerade election to have her chosen as queen of the dance. As she's accepting her reward, a bucket of pig's blood is dropped on her head and Liz's true power is unleashed. You see, little do the bullies of SMS realize, but Liz is a powerful telekinetic. And once her rage is unleashed, nobody in the auditorium is safe. Especially not Mr. Brown, the faculty member who turned a blind eye to the bullying Elizabeth was forced to endure. Now, 26 years later, on the anniversary of the Mischief Night Massacre, seven young women must try to outsmart the phantom of Elizabeth Connors before she can kill again. And then, B-plot... Nikki Pike, Charlotte Johansson, Marilyn and Carolyn Arnold, and Hallie Braddock are five paranormal investigators living in New York City and owners and operators of the infamous Ghostbusters agency. After handling a few Class 3 and lower spirits, the Ghostbusters are finally in for a challenge that may be more than they can handle. It seems as though a young woman named Abby Stevenson has become a vessel on Earth for the Hittite god called Gozer and has turned the Pike family attic into a temple dedicated to raising the corrupt deity on Earth. It'll be up to the hapless Ghostbusters and their improvised paranormal equipment to bust Gozer for good and save the Big Apple. <laughs> Babysitter's Club, mystery number 22, Stacy and the... Haunted Masquerade. Haunted Masquerade. Wow. Wow. That yeah. was masterful. I yeah. did not know we were allowed to do... A description for the A plot and for the B plot separately. Um, yeah, I'd like to. Sh- I try to cover both yeah. in my description. Amazing! That was incredible. I don't. I don't remember the pigs' blood, but I guess they don't fully describe what happened back. No, they just talk about the stampede. Yeah, and a man it was killed. Anne killed a man. Anne killed a man again, and she's she's got that taste in her mouth again. She's got that taste in her mouth. I'm Sickly wondering. Sweet taste. Well, I guess I'll have to recap as well, so people have the full context. But ooh. I wonder if this is the first man that Anne killed. Oh, because it happened like 26 years ago. It happened back when Sharon and Richard Spear were in high school and were sweethearts. Right, when all the men wore ties and all the girls had those silly cat uh, cat eye glasses. Yeah, and bee- beehive hairstyles. Beehive hairstyles, you know, 26 years ago, 1993. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But that's when Anne killed that man, right? Presumably. She yeah. killed... So the way that this works, and tell me if there's a flaw in my logic, in in 1965 or whenever it was... Anna Martin wrote... Anna Martin killed a man named Mr. Brown. Yes. Then, 26 see, years what later... What would the date on this be? Okay. Okay, no, it's the Halloween. I was worried... Mischief Night Masquerade is around Halloween. I was worried that maybe this was... June 10th. The date. Yeah. And no, let's not it's not. It. Let's. Okay, sorry. Yeah. It's not the date. 
Um, it's the Halloween hop, right? Which is another very, very important date to Anne. Well, it's actually, oh gosh. It's the date of the Halloween hop. Well, and I would, I hate to do this in the middle of your kind of thing, but this is a new segment because it's not the Halloween hop. It's the mystery universe version of the Halloween hop. Right. And this is an alternate world. Okay. And we do need to sing. I see. Well, you need to read a bit of. Okay. This ephemera. Feels, this feels like coercion. It's not ephemera. I think my thing is the main thing. So this is a segment where we talk about uh, the fact that the mysteries take place in a alternate but parallel and adjacent universe. Right. And the way that we introduce this segment, apparently, is that Tanner sings a song which he has doubtless prepared already since he was ready to jump in and interrupt me with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's my song is always about uh, sort of alternate about, an alternate reality, and I read something from the vast literature in philosophy about possible worlds. Great. So I'm ready whenever you are. And I am ready, and I'm going to start singing now. I was working in my lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight before my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. And hence, I was caught in the flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. Along classical Tarskian lines. Okay. And that's from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy entry on Possible Worlds Theory. Yep, and mine it was um, alternate reality in which this man made a monster. It's about it's on in did the a party on Possible Worlds and modal logic specifically. Yep. The Halloween hop is is this waypoint in the BSC right, universe and, and this is the yeah. mischief Mischief Night Masquerade. Right. So in the BSC universe mouthful. the Halloween hop is something that takes place every year or in the way Anne has it. It takes place over the previous year because they repeat. And a right. different thing happens. And what Tanner and I have noticed is that it's a waypoint. It's a it's a important moment in this ever-repeating series of years whereby something new happens where it's possible for that year to kind of break out and reestablish reality. Right. Um, but in this universe, it's not called the Halloween Hop. It's called... The Mischief Night Masquerade. Oh, which is very scary. And right. and I think we have come to understand why in both universes, to finish what I was fucking saying before you made me sing. Right. Before you made yourself sing and me speak. Right. Is that the reason that these nights are so important to Anne is because she killed a man in the And maybe 60s. that's what she needs to do to create waypoints, right? right. Is, is a murder. Something, is something that is against nature. Right. That makes so much sense, and that's how she creates the waypoints. And the first one she did probably in a, well, it's whatever happened on J- June 10. June 10. Oh, sorry, gosh, and it's so hard to. The second one happened on October 30th. Right. Oh, and Jack's getting a call, and this is a segment we have on the show called Jack's getting a call, and he declines it. And it's from. It's usually from Beyond. <laughs> Who is it from today? I don't know. I should have just answered it. It's. I. You know what I've been getting? I've been getting. Why do you not mute your phone? I've been getting calls. No, it's because it ha- comes through all of my Apple devices. Oh right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been getting calls. I've got on some list probably because I donated to uh, somebody's primary campaign. Oh, okay. Uh oh. And <laughs> I think Pete Buddy Gig. I'm not gonna say who it was. And uh, did I? T- have I told you this before? 
No. And so, somebody called me. I was actually on a boat with Cyril. <laughs> in, in Texas? No, in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. And somebody called me, and I answered it, because I have often, except when I'm recording podcasts, do answer unlisted numbers, because it's usually like my dentist or something, right. and then like it's annoying to have to call them back rather than just making the appointment then. And this guy was like, hi, can I speak with Jack Shepard? And I was like, yeah, this is Jack. And he was like, uh, I'm from the NRA and I'm calling on behalf of Wayne LaPierre. I'd like to ask you a few questions, but before I start, uh, do you believe uh, in the importance of protecting uh, a strong Second Amendment? Yeah. And then I, I, said, I was like, no. <laughs> he goes, okay, well, so my first... What? Um, wait a second. Sorry. Uh, uh, what did you say, sir? <laughs> I was Who like, did no. You donate to that. You're getting calls from the NRA. Jack. I was like, no, I don't. And he was like, okay, okay. Thank you for your time. And I was like, thank you for your time. And it was like this beautiful moment of like where we were like, both of us were like, we have accidentally been put in contact. <laughs> yeah. We should not be speaking to each other, and we're gonna like summon some vestige of civility and just be like, okay. Let's let's end this. Um, I think I think that these lists just get sold around, and like they then they end up getting like anyway. Now now everybody knows that I'm knows what my political affiliation is. Who listens to this show now? So thanks for oh, that. Oh yeah, it's the political affiliation that's most closely aligned with the NRA. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I don't believe in that. I believe in making it the First Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make it the better? Can we make let's, it an even let's better? Let's promote amendment. it. <laughs> I don't think the first amendment's being used right now, so. Uh, That's what I would have said if he hadn't hung up on me. Okay. What were we talking about? Oh, the phone rang. We were talking about possible worlds. Mm -hmm. And we have talked about it. And killed a man. She killed a man. And killed a man. And she killed a man and she wants him dead. And that's, but killing a man, the act of doing that is what created these fluctuations in history. And my God, Tanner, there yep. is there or is there not a fluctuation in history and in time, a ripple in time in this book that we must now talk about before we move on to our next segment? Okay, well, I was actually going to... Oh, wait, what ripple in time are you talking about? Let me read you this. Do you mean the ripple in time that is the 60 seconds I dedicate to 60-second burger run every week? Nope. Because you know you haven't done your research. No. Yet. Oh, I know. I'm, I keep all the shit in my head. Okay. I keep all the shit in my head. That's why it's so upsetting to me when you start singing songs while I'm trying to get us there. I didn't introduce the segment. <laughs> I didn't introduce the segment. That was you. I keep all the shit in my head. You think I don't keep the shit in my head? You brought it up. Okay. Well, let me tell you this while we're on the fucking topic. Let me read you this, Tanner. God, this blew my mind. I fucking gasped. I composed a tweet about it because I was like so shocked. And then I was like, this is for no one. (laughs) This is for no one. But this was shocking. Yeah. What's going on? I heard someone ask, which was exactly what I had been about to say. I closed my locker door partway and looked around to see who had spoken. It was Sabrina Bouvier, whose locker is about five lockers over from mine. Sabrina is nice enough, but she looks as if she's 13 going on 30. Yeah, it's unchecked. Her they're aging, admitting it. Her aging is un. They're not only admitting it, but they're saying it's worse than we even thought. It's worse than we even thought. For the last time we saw her, yeah. she was eight. Sabrina Bouvier is famous. Even the people who don't pay close attention to these books but know about them, everybody knows. Everybody knows that Sabrina Bouvier shows up in Little Miss Stony Brook and Dawn as, as a, a competitor, third grade eight year old competitor, competitor. Yeah. 
And then later or previously, time has lost all meaning to me after reading these books, she shows up as a classmate of Claudia's. Right, 13-year-old. Yeah. And now they're saying that she's actually tur- about to turn 30. Right. So, so she's come I think they're, say- they're finally admitting, like, yes, we recognize that Sabrina Bouvier yeah. is going through something. Right. She's experiencing a temporal anomaly. Right. And we're just we want you to know it that it's it's unchecked and it's she is continuing to age and right. there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. And this is what happens when you mess with things that are bigger than you and and you create these waypoints. Yes. And that's you what kill happens. A man, you kill you a man. You create a waypoint and, and then Sabrina Bouvier is just like blipping in and out of of fucking her r- age. She's not ripping blipping, through time. Ripping through time. Um and it's horrifying. Every day she wakes up and she is a different age. Not a day older, but like a decade older. Yeah. Awful. And soon, and one day she'll be a head in a jar, and the boys will come to visit her. Is that us? And she'll look out to the east. Oh, and they'll say, Nam Sibilem Pueri Cumai Fidebent. And then she'll say, Thnesking. Actually, she doesn't say Thnesking. I think she says, Apothanein Fellow. I'm not Googling. I swear to God, I'm not Googling. Look at me. Okay. At me. Well, your face just lit up, and your eyes were scanning the screen, and your hands were typing. There are two Greek words for to die. One is Thnesking, the other is Apothanein. And I think what I have often said Thnesking, but she says, Apothanein Fellow. Okay. And I that's what you were Googling? To die. I wasn't Googling it. You were doing something. I th- I thought better of googling it because nobody <laughs> wants to hear the exact line. <laughs> anyway, when I saw the, the the boys, I'm so glad that you're on my wavelength about this, and I don't want to take away from that. That is, she is the Sybil hanging yes. in a jar at Kumai. Right. I will show you fear in a handful of dust. I would love for you to pull up a episode of the 60 Second Burger Run. Yeah. Okay. So An that, episode. Yeah. They made it into an anime. <laughs> so that I can move on and and describe this book for these poor people. In five, four, three, two, one. Ooh, spooky. It's Halloween again. Uh, it's that time of year uh, when they have the haunted masquerade dance. And everyone's preparing for it at SMS. It's also the night of the mischief something mischief day and everybody's worried about it because there was a mischief day that went really badly back in the past mischief Uh, night masquerade stacy is on the dance committee and she's preparing but then there are stop talking to me there are a bunch of pranks that happen and at first they seem innocuous but then they get really bad and scary and it turns out that somebody uh is uh evil and unhinged and guess what uh, the teacher who is in charge of the dance committee back when he was a kid at SMS, inv- he was a popular him. jock and he invited this girl to the dance and then humiliated her. You fucked God me up it. and you talked to me throughout God this. Damn it. I wasn't it. talking to you. I, was, I wasn't talking to you. You're not allowed to say stuff. Well, maybe you should mute me then because I, I can't help You should myself. mute yourself. Now I get an extra 30 seconds to explain it. Take, uh, take an extra 60. Okay. Okay. All right. And will you be silent? Shh, I'm already gone. Okay. The teacher who is in charge of the uh, helping the dance committee to do the dance, uh, back when he was a jock in Stony Brook Middle School himself, uh, his friends dared him to take this nerd girl 
to the dance and even though he was a nice guy he got peer pressured into it and then they all humiliated her uh, by revealing that it wasn't a real invite on a date and over time she became mentally unstable and she was the one who was sabotaging the dance and she ends the dance by confronting the guy's the teacher's date in the bathroom stealing her costume and then revealing herself on the dance floor which is what Hodges has depicted and everybody is aghast oh, and she is God, taken I'm away so close. And okay you're out of time fuck Jack an institution where hopefully she gets the help that she needs thank god for 60 second burger run because I feel like normally you wouldn't give me a second chance even though it's very unfair and I never I interrupt so, while you're talking so, never ever so close. while you're doing your 60 second and I wasn't interrupting you I was playing 60 second burger run it's a, the gripping game and it I can't help but emote I was so close. I was... A, let's not talk. Remember, we don't talk about what you what happened with you in sixty second Burger Run. Remember that? Then we t- try to talk about what happened with me, what I was saying. I didn't hear a word of what you were saying. It's scary and intense. I'm realizing and trying to to recap this that a lot happens. They have to go back to the past to find the answer to the future. Oh, because it's like Back to the Future. I mean, kind of. It's like, well, it's a dance. It's a school dance. He goes back in time to a school dance. It's like Terminator. It's like, it's Terminator. like Terminator. And that's why Hodges painted and the T-100. Hodges did the T-100 on the cover. And they go back Elizabeth in time Connors. to try to prevent D-Day, which is when, it's not called oh, D-Day, a man died. It? A man died. Called- Mr. Brown, I didn't say that. A man died. That's what it is. A man died. It's not called D-Day. It's called Judgment Day. And his name was Mr. Brown. And they never really get to the bottom of who killed Mr. Brown, and it was Anne, obviously. But um, like this mischief society, uh, one of the The pranks that they did back in the day was they turned off the lights during the dance, and there was a stampede, and a man died. Was crushed. And killed, and he was the teacher, Mr. Brown. He was overwhelmed by the teen swell. Yeah. And and he had a heart attack. Anne's first taste of blood and the mischief knights are back i didn't get to talk about that and it's we think it's carrie retlin but he won't say he he won't say he won't and that's say. actually Just um kind of brings us into our next segment very yeah. tidily um and would you like me to read the liz poem? okay we'll get okay liz okay yeah and Liz was also in the room with the gentleman. And what did she say? And they, he was just not paying attention to either of them. No, and she actually stayed. So let me duck out real quick and okay. get her. She didn't come over. Okay, to the other room. Yeah. Okay, and here she comes. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You're guessing the mystery. And this is the segment where we guess what the. Mystery was After by five the end of chapter five. We both um, write it down. We, we write think. it down and we do our best to guess. And I did a bad job this week. I did a bad job too. And it's like a beautiful forest, right? Mm-hmm. That you and I find ourselves in. And I am a dew-kissed baby fawn. Dew-kissed right? the baby fawn. Yeah. And I'm so fresh to this world right out of me mama's womb mm-hmm. that I, I still got some of that uterus slick on me right okay that's and the morning dew has come in as i'm being born and i'm i'm just sort of covered in this this beautiful gauzy sheen of dew okay i've got so innocent right vivid picture in my mind so beautiful so innocent and i see this creature in the forest okay bipedal standing upright hairless ape 
Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. And I walk up to her, and she's holding out her hand. Hmm. And she's got her other hand behind her back. Oh, no. And in the hand she's holding out, she's got pellets of some sort. They oh, look delicious. Nice. Or like an apple or something that baby deers eat. Yeah. And I go up to her, and I'm like, oh, this is... <laughs> How lucky am I? I? I'm so new and so naive, and I don't know what to expect of the world, but here I'm being offered this delicious meal. It's just being offered to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I... I Thank you, kind woman. Please I would love to eat this meal out of your hand. And as I'm eating, she takes the Please buck don't. knife out of, from behind her back and just Please jams don't. it into my throat. And the, but you're okay, right? No, I die. And that's that's the metaphor. And Ellen tricked me this week, and I I ate right out of her hand, and then she killed me. But then someone did come and rescue the deer, or what? No, no, I just got tricked. Here's my guess. <sighs> she tricked me too. Almost right. I was almost right. And this that's even makes it worse. Okay. Carrie Retlin is the mischief knight. He's trying to impress his new classmates by pranking everyone. Yeah. Koki is jealous of the dance and will use it the mischief knights as cover for ta- for sabotaging the the masquerade ball. And that's what Ellen wanted us to believe. Okay. Can I read mine? Yes. And uh, what is just briefly is what is I am is that happened to me is that I wrote, directed, and starred in a one-man film, okay, biopic about my life called The Jack Shepard Story, starring Jack Shepard. Do you think there's an audience for that? And I did think there was an audience for that, and I get invited to the Oscars. Right. And and then uh, the host of the Oscars is like, now for we're gonna we're gonna roll the Best Picture, Best Actor. I actually and think the Oscars doesn't have a host anymore. Best director, and then the, in this year that they did. Okay. And we're going to roll them all into one to keep it oh. shorter and more watchable. Okay. And then... They're, they're often the same. And they're like, the Oscars is so boring, is what the host said this time, and, and yeah. we're actually going to shut it down. Who's the host? After this, Ellen Miles. Okay. And, and just to keep it short, we're going to do all the awards in one big award. And then the, the drum rolls, and then... And then Elle Miles is like, Jack Shepard. And then I stand up, and then she's, she's like, psych. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. Because you didn't get it. I didn't get it. And I shouldn't have been invited, and it was accidental. And that is that did happen to me, and is a true story. What was your guess? The Mischief Knights will do a bunch of harmless pranks, and then one that goes badly wrong. Carrie Retlin is the Mischief Knights. Okay, well, we at least both got that Carrie Retlin is the Mischief Knight, which he seems to be. <laughs> it does seem to be the mis- mischief nights, and before we go to our break, I would the mystery like, very is briefly that it's a old lady. It's the old lady did it who was scorned in the 1970s. Yeah, by old, she's probably younger than us, but um, no, because the girls are our age, oh, and I she's see. teacher age. Yeah, okay, that's complicated. Um, I would like to introduce a new segment if we can. Not a new segment, but a old segment. Before okay. we go to our break. And I guess we'll just have to review this book after the break. Yep. And I'd like to do it as follows. They walk in beauty, night and noon. These handsome men who do their worst, singing their beguiling tune. I find myself immersed in thirst. Or as the youth say, hashtag swoop with hashtag vapors. I've been cursed. 
And it's our segment called Hashtag Swoon, which is a hashtag that a lot of teens and millennials and Gen Z are using on social media, such as Instagram and Snapchat, uh, where uh, they, when they want to talk about uh, the boys that made them horny. And that's what we're doing here. And uh, did, did any of the boys make you horny this week, Tanner? Because um, Yes, because... Yes, but you should go first. Yes. Uh, and the reason I introduced this segment is because it's about Carrie Retlin. Guys, we all know who Carrie Retlin is. Yeah, we know Carrie Retlin. He showed up in uh, Christy Hates Boys and Jim. He had a bit of a tete-a-tete with Christy. And I know that's not the title of the book, but they did a, a book where Christy hates Jim, too. And right. it's uh, My friend, Jim? Yeah, hi, Jim. He doesn't stop listening after, like, episode five, right? I don't think he even listens. to <laughs> um, <laughs> Carrie Retlin is Christie's arch nemesis, but this is where we are first introduced to him, at least in this universe. And he does some dreamy shit early on. He's very handsome, and he keeps winking at Stacy. He keeps winking at Stacy. He's the new guy. He's got straight blonde hair, brown eyes. Um, and, he, yeah, he keeps... Um, Amanda passes Stacy a note that says... That he's hunky and wants to know Amanda. what his name is. Delaney? Um, it's not Delaney because of the age problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but the part that made me really swoon about him is at the end of the book when they're dancing. Yeah, she does cut in. And this is so dreamy. This passage is so dreamy. May I read it to you? Yes. She's trying to figure out if he's behind the mischief nights. What a cool thing. The mischief knight? I'm the mischief knight. Even. I'm the mischief it's knight. K, it's mischief, yeah. Yeah. K-N-I-G-H-T. And he does all sorts of mischief. Or maybe he doesn't. Mind if I cut in? He asked. And before Carrie could answer, Robert had taken his place with Sabrina, leaving Carrie standing there alone. Oh, Carrie went to the dance with Sabrina Bouvier. 30-year-old Sabrina Bouvier. How fucking cool is that? He brought an older woman. Yes. Yes. I held out my arms, and soon we were dancing together. The band shifted into a faster song. I know your secret, I whispered to him. He didn't answer. He just spun me around the dance floor. He was a pretty good dancer. I know you're a mischief knight, I said, after we'd spun past the stage where the band was playing. Do you? He asked. I couldn't see his face, but I had a feeling he was smiling. You're the one who thought up all those pranks, I said. Aren't you? I don't know, he said teasingly. Am I? It was infuriating. You are, I cried. Maybe I am, and maybe I'm not. Either way, you have no way of proving anything. He was right. I had a feeling that SMS and the BSC hadn't heard the last of the Mischief yes. Knights. And I, here's my theory. Is that the Mischief Knights is not the Mischief Knights, but the Mischief Knight. It's what? And, and there's the only, only one, one. and, and it's he, has, he has unprecedented access, and I think he's got insiders helping him out because he's got, like, Access you haven't seen. He can get into the trophy cases. He can get into the school like intercom system. And he's brand yeah. new to Stony Brook. Oh, he's like Batman. Right. He really is. It's like it's like a Bruce Wayne yeah, passage, it's Bruce right? Wayne passage. <laughs> Off back. Mm. Oh right, you're doing a segment. Segment. Okay. Of Pete Black. In these texts, I do enjoy, and I chance to see in a mystery this solitary boy. No friend nor fan did Pete Black know. He dwelt in the fables of yore, the coolest dude in the Brook of Stone, besides the girls of lore. You yet may spy Jamie come back, or Shay, or Lou, or Rosie, but memory of our Peter Black is all we can hold closely. Tonight will be a drunken deed, so segments we must plan, and give the book a careful raid. Let Ellen guide your hand. (laughs) 
That, dear Jack, I'll gladly do. Tis scarcely 9 p.m. The Riddle Babies can't count on you tonight to entertain them. At this, Jack Shepard raised his beer. He cracked into a cold one. He mused on Kant really and Heidegger while Tanner got some work done. The text was scoured to and fro with many a wanton scan to quote Henry David Thoreau, things don't change, we can. Fifteen came on before it's time, he wandered through the text, and so few bits did Tanner find his mind, it soon was vexed. And wretched Jack, drunk on Bordeaux, was shouting far and wide, his contributions Don't to the think. show fell off to the wayside. At close to I mean, ten, Jack did come too, to me. and considered what to say. His thoughts muddled by boundless brew, but no jokes came this day. And it really does he wept, go on, and turning all. screenward, cried, Oh, Tanner, I need your genius! My wit I mean, that was once poem. glorified is as flaccid as my penis. But on deaf ears did Jack's pleads fall. For though the Zoom window, no co-host joined Jack on the call. None to carry Zoom the show. show. But where was Tanner? Talk to Time was nigh. The podcast almost over. Just one more bit before goodbye, before Jack's rough hangover. And that's when Jack, in a drunken haze, and is Jack did drunk see his... his dearest friend. Lost deep within the written page, he could not comprehend. For what he found to bring them joy... Which Tanner showed to Jack, he'd found it is too a solitary boy. He'd found yeah. dearest Pete Black. And it's too long, and the poem is too long, and it's not a bad poem, but it is insulting, and it's the only just thing I don't understand. Alan was saying, "Okay, is what yeah. Kingbridge yeah. meant by unpleasant memories." Pete Black rolled his eyes. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a coin. Here's a dime, Alan. Go buy yourself a clue. <laughs> Ow! And that's what Pete Black was yes. up to this week. And that's Let's take my one. hashtag swim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Got it. Got it. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> Oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to... um, Make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, Like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. 
Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. How did that happen? What? That we got to an yeah. hour into this record. Yeah. No, we both have the same instinct. And we haven't um, you, done you the review this. yet. You did this to us. I think you did it. No. You're such a little Go succubus. back and check the record. No, What's I'm a male not. succubus called? Incubus. incubus. And I'm not. And you they, are, because you lead me to these no. juicy morsels. No. And you're like, eat, my boy. Eat. Eat. Feast on this juicy morsel. You read a 20-minute poem so that you could- do one line that Pete Black said. Yeah. Is one of the th- one of the many things you Eat, get. my boy. Feast on this no. juicy morsel. Oh, this, you're done with that one? Here's another one. This is That's called, you. You're the incubus. Called victim blaming. No, it's called incubus blaming. Okay. And I'm the incubus, and my yes. favorite incubus song is the one where they go... Whoa, amber is the color of your energy. No, it's 311. Oh. I had a friend, I had a good friend who's was really an incubus and well, I, I s- went to school in boulder colorado so i had about <laughs> a thousand good friends who were really into incubus and i saw incubus play once i went to have you heard of uh e3 e3 it's a um electronics yeah. expo i went to an elect the it's like a, for gamers i went to it to cover it for the job that i was at and they the big finale of it was that they had like all the influencers who were there and for some reason, also me could go and watch Incubus play a set for like Sony's lawyers. Yeah. And even Incubus was like, this is not what we're in it for. <laughs> E3 seems like a weird venue for them. As you were talking, I went to YouTube to look up an Incubus song. And it's they go, I wish you were here. Yeah, I know that one. Okay. Can I, can I just say, Tanner, that this conversation began with you trying to make the case that i'm the reason Sorry, that go ahead. we're didn't hit our early segments before the break what are you that, saying i was listening to an incubus song yeah it does seem like it and the b plot is about the kids are ghostbusters and one of the things the ghosts that they bust and this is something that ellen miles does is that they the house that charlotte johansson lives in used yes. to be the house that the poor girl who went insane after yep. um after Elizabeth Connors uh Mike Rothman stood her up at the dance and humiliated her she went progressively crazier but she had written into that house she had written E C plus M R in a heart and that's how they crack the case yep and what i would like to do now is review this novel tanner and what we do is uh, Tim Cook, who is the uh, main guy over at Apple Computers, uh, he started Apple in his garage with Wozniak, and uh, one of the first things they said is once we get big enough, we're going to ask a couple of guys 
to help us start the biggest social network, and it's called the Social Network. And it's grassroots. Aaron Sorkin and will make a movie, and you start out of it. in the reviews of books, Babysitters Club, mystery Babysitter's books in Club the iBook store, and you start yeah. about uh, halfway into. The and so that dream is finally series. becoming a reality, and they're calling it the Facebook Killer, they're and it's called it the, the Facebook Killer, Killer. And it is the basis of the movie, The Social Network. Yeah, direct, and written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, and it's us. And what they ask, and is, we are the handsome. The two handsome boys from the movie who look alike. Oh, the Winkle Voss. The Winkle. That's us. And we say, we say, you should be, you should be scared of us because we're butch and we have big muscles and there's two of us. Yes. And we yes. say that, right? And we say, you know, what's cooler than a million dollars, two million dollars, two million dollars. And we do say that, and and that's who's based on us. And what we like to do to make this the biggest social network in the world for the biggest company in the world, Apple, and we're the biggest people at that company because we write reviews of Babysitter's Club books in the iTunes reviews, which are here, and I'm going to just pull up my iTunes. Oh, and please, please I'm also posting these on Goodreads for the right. love then, of God. Yes, and then whoever runs Goodreads, which may be Tim uh, Cook? I think it's got to be Tim Cook. Oh, you know who it is? You know who owns Goodreads? Tom from MySpace. Amazon, so it's Amazon. Bezos. Okay, it's Bezos. Yeah. So Bezos came to us too. Yeah, Bezos was like, please. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a piece of that action? And we're trying to create a social network for Amazon too yeah. in the Goodreads reviews for these right. mysteries. Yeah, and we are doing it. Right, and that's, Very the, successfully. that's the synopsis to Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. And that we're the wolves of Wall Street, and we're the wolves of Wall Street. It got out of control, but we're not sorry, and we we have an impish smile, so it's okay. Yes. Um, and so let's write Here's some money, and I say, and I flick money at you. Ray, <laughs> everybody wins, and now we write the review. Okay, so I'm writing a review of the book. Let's see. It's called Stacy and the Haunted Masquerade. Yes, and you I... you've landed on our first point. Okay, which is star rating. Okay. And so uh, we love this book, and it's definitely a five star book, but we do have to. It's one of the best mysteries ever. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Um, And we do have to deduct one star because it's a Stacey book. book. Um, She was like so fucking like horny for Brew Doggy this week. It was so annoying. uh, So fucking obnoxious. She wouldn't shut up about Brew Doggy. I've got a a whole fucking. Let me. Can I read you a Stacey passage, please? And this is. And this is. Baby Nation, Tim yeah. Cook, Bezos. Yeah. yeah, this is why we've given it four stars. Yeah, is this we can, passage. Well, we can stop the music and then start it again after I've read the okay. passage if we need to, because I need to read this. I grew up in New York City and Manhattan. My parents are divorced, and my dad still lives in New York. Even though I chose to live in Stony Brook with my mom, I still visit him there as often as I can. And not to be a snob about it, my urban roots do set me apart a little from the rest of the SMS student body. (laughs) It's not that I'm better than them. It's just that I've seen more, including sad things such as homeless people and terrific things such as the Caribbean Day Parade. And done more. Not too many kids in my class can say they've been to the opera or to an exhibit of French avant-garde painters than a lot of Connecticut kids my age. That's just some shit that Stacy said. Right. And, and now you know. You know. Stacy, guess what? New York wasn't good enough for who? Amazon.com, yeah. the website. They tried to come here in New York, yeah. and they were like, "Never mind. It's a okay. shithole here. It's a shithole. We're gonna go to what? Texas instead? I uh, I think they went to like Dulles, Virginia, or somewhere." And then you know who else isn't in in, in isn't in New York, Stacy? What? 
Apple. Apple. We have some Apple stores. Right. But you're not good enough for Tim, and you're not good enough for Jeff, and you're not good enough for us. And and now we'll start the music back up. And so what I want to do now is review this book, and it's four stars because it's Stacy. So before we write our title, I don't know if you have any ideas about it, but I have a, 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 a overarching thought about the theme for this okay. review. Structure. The overarching message of this book for me is that dances can be dangerous. Okay. And do you when you say dances, do you mean like the like a a perform like a kind of dance like the macarena or do you mean all dances dances. i think that's what this book is about i think that's the essence of this book because it's about a dance in history and a dance in modern times and both of them are dangerous one of them a man is killed and then the next one it just is havoc and and uh, a poor troubled lady is pulled off the dance floor and everybody screams and there's the fire planes that hodges is drawn in there um so can i suggest a title yeah our lives are better left to chance i could have missed the pain but i'd have to miss the dance that's a chance and i do need to know if that is an incubus song not incubus no no no. okay and who is it garth brooks okay it's the garth brooks song the dance okay and it says what our lives are better left to chance i i could have missed the pain Right. But I'd have to miss the dance. I'd have to miss the dance. Okay, and so I'm going to... I'm putting that as our title. Uh, when gonna... I was... One time I was in okay. um, a cabin with some writer friends of Jamie's. Mm-hmm. And uh, writer friends of Jamie's husband, then boyfriend at the time, who's a philosopher okay. at Stanford, okay. said to me... He's Scottish, and I can't do a Scottish accent, but he said, Tana, if you could... Live your life all over again, but without any of the pain, would you do it? <laughs> what the fuck? He's a philosopher. He's like a, a teacher. He teaches philosophy at Stanford. And what did you say? I said, no. And, it, and my reasoning was Garth Brooks' reasoning. And it's, okay. my pain has is, is shaped me. It's made me right. who I am. I would right. be a completely different person. I wouldn't be who I am now if it wasn't for the pain. Okay. And I'm going to try to incorporate that because I'm going to disagree with your title at the beginning of this review because your title is poetic and it's nice and Garth Brooks is famous, but it's the opposite of what I am trying to tell people in this review, which is that okay. please remember every time you dance, you could be dancing with death. Okay. So you're you telling people not to dance. That's what I think. Cause I think this is a, this book is, a, if anything, I think you and I and Garth Brooks, yeah, you and I and Garth Brooks, fundamentally disagree about this. Okay, well, what about this? Garth Brooks may think that dancing is all well and good, but please remember, every time you dance, you could be dancing with death, as this yes. book shows. Okay, as and I'll do that as a new sentence. As this book, oh, sorry. Has this scintillating novel by penned by Anna Martin and Ellen Miles. Ellen Miles proves beyond the shadow of a doubt. Let us call to mind some famous dances. Okay. One, the dance from Carrie. Okay. Yes. How did that go? Question mark. Poorly. Are you asking me? No, it's in the review. It's a rhetorical question. We can okay. answer it. Should we answer it? No. Okay. 
the dance macabre, macabre. Two, the dance macabre by Sanson. Yes. How do you spell Sanson? S A N S S E. How do you spell Sanson, please? And I'm here on the Wikipedia page, and what I'm seeing is that Sanson is probably Saint, involved with Saint, this S-A-I-N-T. somewhere, right? Do you think or? Okay, and I'm okay, and so I'm okay, and I'm so I'm searching sort of S A N. Okay, oh, and can I do a tech tip of the day, please? It doesn't actually to... say anything about Sanson, so. Okay. And I would like to do a tech tip of the day. If you need to do a uh, like a umlaut or a asterisk uh, or a accent aigu or an accent grave or a circumflex over a letter, you just hold down that vowel. And uh, it'll come up a list of the things you can do. Because Sanson has got uh, a neat little diacritical mark. Do you mean totentons? No, the dance... Look, it's a, there's a famous the, musical uh, piece called The Dance Macabre, opus number 40, a tone poem for orchestra by the French composer Camille Sanson. Yes, of course. And why? And I, and I know that, obviously. The right. Dance Macabre by Camille Sanson, written in 1874. Right, that's what so, I, thought, I thought you were referencing. Yep, and that it was what that's I was number two. So the dance macabre by, and then Camille there's actually Scherzo, Dance of Death, in Opus number fourteen in the Ballad of Heroes, written in 1939 by Benjamin Britten, which sounds a lot like Benjamin Button. And do we want to include that anywhere? We can. Should we include this in this in this or the Dance Macabre by Camille Saint Saëns? Yes, and uh, Benjamin written Britten, in 1874. 1874. Yep. And scherzo, which means joke in Italian. Dance uh, of death in parentheticals. Scherzo, parenthetical, dance of death. Opus number 14 of the Ballad of Heroes. Opus number 14 of the Ballad from 1939. Heroes by Written Benjamin by Benjamin Britton. Britton. B-R-I-T-T-E-N. I know how to spell Benjamin Britton. Okay. And then... Which sounds like... Which sounds like Benjamin Button, right? Who also had a bad time. So bad. we've got the two the two dances we've got are, we've got the Carrie, the dance from Carrie, the dance from Carrie, and the then we've got dance two macabre, famous uh, orchestral pieces about. And then dance. the third sort of dance that we need to hit is, of course, the dance by singer songwriter Garth Brooks. Three, and three, the dance by singer songwriter. Garth Brooks, and yep. how does that come down on dancing? How does it? What is you? What do you mean? It's pro dancing. Pro dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one where you um, could have missed the pain, but you would have missed the dance. Uh, which has more of a positive take on dancing. Anyway, new paragraph. Yes. A man died. Yes. In I don't want to spoil. And a man the book. died. And a man died. And this book, because we do need to bring it back to the book. Okay. Should we say that the book is like a dance? So, and this book is like a dance. But in a good way. I wouldn't even put a value judgment on it. Okay. I would just say this book is like a dance, and then let's, let's, let's list why and how. Okay. So anyway, a man died. Yes. This, this book, book? No, a man died, period. Okay. This new, book. New sentence. Yeah. This book is like a dance because... It's because... This book is like a dance because you... Are looking real, f- you're real funny looking. You're, and we're addressing the readers here of the review? Yes. 
It just seems like we might get in trouble for this because people will, people will we might lose well, our audience. Hold on, hold on. Okay, you're real funny looking. But that's all right because you get things cooking. Okay, funny looking. Yeah, but that's all right because you get things cooking. I don't. We don't know these people. And they say you're ugly, but that shouldn't phase you. No, see, this seems very no, rude. No, listen, listen to me. Okay. But that shouldn't phase you. Because you're getting busy in the girl's pants. Okay, well, this seems... And you've even got your own dance. The Humpty Dance. It's your chance to do the hump. Do the hump, Humpty Dance. Colon, the Humpty Yes, and you did once get busy in a Burger King bathroom. We'll leave that for the end. Okay, this book is like a underground because you're. So real my thought funny was looking. we could do like a little triad, like you like to do an ascending tricola. Okay, where we do three different famous dance songs with like kind of a dance component. Okay, Humpty Dance came to mind for me. Macarena feels a little too on the nose. Yeah, and I do think that we need to. Bring... We did carry on quite a bit with the Humpty Dance, so like. Yeah. And it's really taken a lot of the um, room we have for this review, and we've strayed from the path of talking about the book. Okay. So I think we'll we'll do the Humpty Dance, and we'll just do an ascending monocola. Okay. And that's just it. It's the Humpty Dance. Should we choose a better dance then? Maybe like the electric slide or like the um, everybody clap your hands. Well, what about this? So I'm just going to take this whole passage out. Do you want that? Or do you want to keep it in? The Humpty Dance stuff. Yeah. Mm, I'm torn to be honest because what we could do is we could say anyway a man cha cha slide and then I could say everybody clap your hands watch for me this whip book. and watch me nay nay yeah I know the song it's a different song there are two songs yeah I know those songs God I say everybody clap your hands because I want to talk mention the book in some way and some of the things in the book okay yeah so we're cutting the Humpty Dance stuff entirely we can leave it in okay. You want it in. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Cut it. I guess I don't have an opinion on this, huh? I guess I don't have a say. No, I just literally asked you for it. This book... Okay. Let me read you this back, and then we can we can go. Anyway, a man died. This book is like a dance because you're real funny looking, but that's all right because you get things cooking. And they say you're ugly, but that shouldn't phase you because you're getting busy in the girl's pants, and you've even got your own dance. The Humpty Dance, this is your chance to do the hump. Yes. Okay. That does seem good. Okay, and that's good, and that's, okay. yes. Now I really want to talk about the book on a new paragraph, which starts, everybody, colon, clap your hands. Everybody, everybody clap your hands. They play the sports book. games a lot for this book. And that's actually part of... Which is about... different song narrative. About a dance. Right. Dot, it's dot, from dot. The Cha-Cha Slide by DJ Casper. Of death. I don't think it is. We already told you a man died. Please and don't dance. Other famous dance songs. Oh, we want to do some more, you think? Well, Ascending Tricola. Whatever we bring up must, again, relate to the book and relate to the plot of the book. Hmm. That's um, going to be tough with Gangnam Style. Yeah. And then, and then, so does Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Nay Nay make any sense? No, and it definitely does. Okay. Um, hmm. So, Can I Joe? No. Fortnite, I think, is a thing. Fortnite is yeah. good, and they do the floss dance. Right, okay. So... You can kind of fit Fortnite into any... 
And I do want it. Remember, we want this to have some to be coherent for readers. And it, we've, what we've done is mostly just lyrics to songs about dancing, about da- like famous, without dance songs. in any way connecting them together. Well, so here's all. something: mm. is this is the best book we've read mm-hmm. in a fortnight? This is the best and scariest book Fortnite is we've read in a noun. fortnight. And I think it's actually spelled. It's spelled wrong. It's N I T E. In a for well, I'm gonna say it regularly, spell it properly. In a no, I wouldn't, because then we lose the dance. No, we're gonna bring it back in. Okay. Speaking of Fortnite, I'm gonna do it more subtly than that. Um, this my the, favorite emote okay. is no. the floss. This is the best, the scariest book we've read in a fortnight, and you're going to want to dance like with the these fantastic characters all fortnight all night long for so long damn it i want to bring it back to fortnight what's the thing they do in fortnight the floss that's a dance yep dance with these fantastic characters even more than you'll you like to dance the floss and it's spelled what is it spelled like floss like floss it's like you're flossing your groin from fortnight from fortnight so let me read that back to you because I'm going to need your help on it. Yes. This is the best and scariest book we've read in a fortnight, and if and you're going to want to dance with these fantastic characters even more than you like to dance with the floss, parentheses, from Fortnite. Yes. And is that it, or? Did you already mention the deduction of one star for Stacy book? One star reluctantly deducted because this is a Stacy book. book. Line break, line break. M dash. I've been doing M dashes this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) What is this, Chicago style? (laughs) Uh, Jack Shepard and Tanner Green. Green. P.S. I'm going to say we love this one. Yes. Okay, shall I read that back to you? Nah. So, what I discovered this week, Jack. Yeah. And I guess this could qualify as a segment. Mm hmm. And the segment is called Dad Watch. Okay. And it's where we discover something new about a dad in Stony Brook. Okay. The dads of Stony Brook are often very enigmatic. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to know who they are, what they do, what their first names are. But we did get a peek into the life of one dad this week. Right. In the following passage. Yeah. Anyway, that morning, the static on the intercom took over the first part of his message. And this is Mr. Kingsbrook's message. Mm -hmm. But we heard the tail end of it. Go Chargers, he said enthusiastically. Hmm. And now what we know, Jack, Mm. is that the Stony Brook Middle School Mm -hmm. mascot... Chargers. ...is the Charger. And I don't Mm -hmm. think we knew that before. And now we know Mm -hmm. that when Mr. Prezioso... Uh, gets out there to support his boys. What's he saying? He's, Go Chargers. he's rooting for the Chargers. Wow. And that's illuminating to me. And that it is colors, it shapes this figure that I'm this so enticed by. Figure. The central figure in many ways of these novels, Mr. Prezioso himself, who in a lot of ways you could think of these texts as Mr. Prezioso's struggle to watch a boys' basketball game. Yes. That's but, the that's the central tension of the series. It never happens. But now we know we've got another little piece of the puzzle. Is that what he's straining so hard to watch? 
What we're all Chargers. reaching for is a night with the Chargers. Yes. Tanner, we're running over time. So what I think we should do is the world's fastest burn of the week. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then we'll leave. Oh, Tom, thou art sick. A very good burn that stings you so right. A knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh, so soon it will cause me to have to. Call the burn unit. Yes. What was your burn of the week this week? Well, my bird of the week is actually another segment. Okay, great, perfect. Is this true? <laughs> is this true? Yes. Okay. Um, and what's, and so it's a question where we ask what, whether this is true. Yeah. And it's also a burn. Stacy's on the dance decoration committee with Cokie Mason and Grace Bloom. Cokie, who is Grace Bloom's best friend is probably my least favorite person at SMS. She's petty, small minded, devious, and totally unscrupulous. That's one of Mr. Fisk's vocabulary words. It means without scruples. Cokie wouldn't know a scruple if it bit her. <laughs> True. And that's a good burn. Yeah. And my question is... Oh, yes. Do scruples bite? bite? I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Uh, burn on Cokie. Cokie's in this book. She's difficult. Um, and Grace, it looked like Grace was turning towards the light, but then Cokie got her back. Yep. Um, my burn is also related to Mr. Fisk and it involves Rick Chow. Yeah. Just that Mr. Fisk put down his attendance book and sat on the corner of his desk. People, may I have your attention? He asked. I can tell you want attention just by looking at your tie. Cracked Rick Chow. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Fisk, we learned this week, and this is also probably dad watch. I'm not sure if Mr. Fisk is a parent, but he, uh, what we know about him is that he's a poor dresser. Yeah. And please do remember that this is a school that literally drove a man to madness. Uh, His name was Mr. Trout, and uh, they bullied the teacher. They bullied him into joining the MLB, becoming one of the greatest players, a minor league baseball player in the 2018 2019 season. Yes. Um, and Anne killed a man. His name was Mr. Brown. We don't have much more time to talk about it, but what we do have time to do is get the fuck out of here and leave yes. and go. Yeah. And what I would like to say is thank you, Tanner, for bearing with me. Thank you, Riddle Babies, for bearing with us. Please take a moment to go to our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash podcast, and give us $5 a month for a whole new whole show, show. It's, where we sing it's the intros. Long. It's an hour, and we sing the intros. It's about the little sister We books. sing the, the recaps. Yeah. Not even the intro. Yeah. The intro, we do some like role playing stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's very good, and you should do it. Please buy our merch, bit.ly slash BSCC merch. And please do rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And guess what? This week we read a novel that was called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 22, Stacy and the Haunted Masquerade. Next week, we're going to be reading a little book called Babysitter's Clubber. Babysitter's, Babysitter's Clubber. <laughs> that sounds bad. That's like Seal Clubber. There's a new menace in Stony Brook. <laughs> Babysitter's, Babysitter's Club Clubber. Clubber. Oh, dear. Let's not dwell on every verbal miscue. Next week, we're going to be reading a little book called Babysitter's Club Number 23, Abby and the huh? Secret Society. Huh? 
I don't like it because it means that we're running out of books. Yeah, when Abby starts fucking. I recently went on our Wikia, like the Babysitters Club Club Wiki. Yeah, and whoever is doing all the tireless work, and I did know the baby bee's name at one point, but I've since lost track of it. Has gone ahead and already created sections for like future episodes, and it's like the Babysitters Club main canon, Babysitters Club super special, Babysitters Club little sister, Babysitters Club mystery, and then she's like Babysitters Club friends forever. Babysitter's uh, Club. <laughs> She's she like, knows. they're going to get there eventually. She knows. That's what we're reading next week. In the meantime, I have been and am always Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Santa Greenring. Please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's. Remember the trip, man. Take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys but, had just, yeah, just been, been invented. invented. And boy. fuck, hey, you know what? Is what? he around? Cyril? Tell Cyril, fuck you, and uh, get off my fucking jock. It's just going to bounce off of him. I um, yesterday said, oh, fuck, because I dropped something. And literally all day today, he's been running around going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. So if I say fuck you to him, he's just going to eat it up. He's going to turn it around on me. So, But he, uh, I thought he put some real good mystery wang on that. Yeah, I guess, whatever. I don't don't you think? He was listening to the podcast in the car. You f- feed him our podcast? Sarah listens to it in the car yeah. while she's driving him to the children's story time. Hmm. And she said, hi, hi. Whenever I say hi, hi, he goes, why, why? Mm. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I'm recording. Okay. And I have been for the last minute and a half. So am I and so have I. Let's count. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>